Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the super busy mommy coach. Hello, and welcome to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach. I have an awesome, empowered guest here today, Um, but before I introduce her, real quick, I have opened up a new program. It is the most affordable one-on-one option I have created to date to make one-on-one guidance accessible to the people who need it most and to the people whose situations are often the most complicated. So if you're interested in finding out about me, you can message me at Super Busy Mommy Coach on Facebook or Instagram for a free consultation. If you're a holistic practitioner or coach and want to get more exposure for your business online, globally and locally, join the Holistic Network and Holistic Therapies Directory, the best holistic network and community worldwide. Get massive exposure as a holistic professional. Join our premium community. Learn how to become the authority in your niche and reach new potential clients within the Holistic Network. Join now at holisticnetwork.online. Holisticnetwork.online. All right. So today we have Ashley Berrios. Ashley has been working in the field since 2005 as a doctor of counseling and has a wide range of experience in child and adolescent counseling, addictions, mood disorders, LGBTQ plus issues, adjustment issues, and geriatrics. Dr. Berrios is the executive director and co-owner of Framework Counseling and Consulting, LLC, as well as the former vice president and founding member of Shoals Diversity Center. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's such a pleasure. Um, Last time we talked, I was just blown away at how grounded and empowered you are. You know, and especially talking about like feminism and like women's empowerment, you know, in that specific way what you've been through your story and the work that you do it just shows this this amount of like this this level of being centered that very few people have and so I'm really impressed by you well thank you I always thought it was weird about me (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things that's unusual in a good way most people (laughs) wish that it's it's difficult to attain so most people Mm. haven't attained it but wish that they could Mm. and yeah so it's an admirable quality (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah so today that's what we're going to be diving into you know this is called badass moms Uh, so many women are moms and so we're going to talk about how to be an empowered mom um you have a unique story that i'd love for you to share but first can you talk a little bit about the work that you do and the the wide range and what it means for you um i work I have so many niches and I love that because it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me focused. It keeps me constantly learning and figuring out ways to help people. Um, I deal with elderly and end of life issues. And that's something that a lot of people don't deal with. I also still work with kids. I also still work with addicts. I also still work with just regularly like anxiety, depressed people that are just going through a speed bump in life. And so it's constantly making me think about different ways to help them and different treatments that help them. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, Working with the elderly, are there certain themes that show up that make you think about the way you live your life? Like the things that they're proud of, the things that stick with them, the things that they regret? Oh, absolutely. I think um, working with the elderly helped me um, leave my marriage because I saw all these people that were in long-term care that are, they know they're going to die there. They miss their kitchens. They miss um, their gardens. They miss everything. They're never going to be kissed again. They're never going to be able to swim again or ride a bike. And I just remember thinking in my mid thirties, like I'm halfway to them. Is this the life I want? And there are people that have never 
truly been in love. They have never truly found happiness. They just did what they thought was important at the time for different situations. Maybe they were pregnant and they got married or they were told to get married or, you know, they just were not happy. And now they're going to die in this facility and never really truly know how to thrive. And that's just really sad to me. Yeah, that that is sad. And I feel like if that doesn't get you to reevaluate your life, nothing will. And I mean, that's just hearing you talk about it. I could imagine looking the person in the eye while they're sharing this with you. And a funny story, I had somebody the other day, she was talking about, um, she had four sons, two years apart. And I said, how, wow, how'd you do that? Like I have one son and I can't imagine having four sons two, every two years apart. And she, she's sitting in her wheelchair and she goes, well, maybe I just had, didn't have any common sense or maybe I just like sex. I think I just like sex. You know, so-and-so, he was the love of my life. They were married 56 years. Wow. And she's like, the only reason I stopped having babies because they made birth control. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> good for you. Because there's so many people in this home that never had that love. Mm-hmm. You know, so many more people never had that. And she, she had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you already brought it up. One of the things that stands out to me about your story is your decision to leave your marriage and how you went about it. You know, I feel like there's the stereotypical divorce story, you know, you, one person decides they want a divorce. There's a big blow up. You try to destroy each other for a year or two and (laughs) finally over and then absolutely dread having to see each other while you co-parent your kids. (laughs) (laughs) And your, your story is not like that at all. So to the extent you feel comfortable, can you like elaborate on first how this work led you to leave your marriage and then how you chose to do that in such an empowered way? Um, Well, I was about, I I just turned 35 and I I knew I was unhappy for a lot of years. And I finally had to come to Jesus moment per se and, you know, talk to my husband and said, I'm just not happy. I don't want to end it. I don't want my kids to be a statistic like I was. I just, it's not working. I'm not happy. And it's, and he told me, give him two years. And I did, and nothing really changed. If anything, it got worse. So after the two years, you know, I told him I was done. And um, I don't know, you know, you get to be so broken, you can't fix yourself back. And I love him as a person, and he was my best friend. I was with him for 18 years. We had two glorious kids together, but I was not my best self with him. He was making me my worst self. Hmm. Our relationship was making me my worst self. So I I needed to leave and thrive because I thought I'm like 36, 37, you know, after the two years have passed and nothing's getting better and I can deal with it. But like, why deal with it? This is not how humans are supposed to survive Mm -hmm. to feel amazing I don't want to work more so I avoid going home you know I don't want to resent being a parent because I have to be a parent all the time so um it's a little different you know like I mean we have 50 50 custody we don't have child support he's a great dad I've always said he's a great dad and he, he'll tell you himself, I wasn't a great husband. And I don't know if I was a great wife. I tried to be, but like, we're great parents. We know what we want for our kids. But life's too short from now until dead to just be content and just deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I feel like a lot of people have that moment where the fact that we're going to die and our life is passing actually hits us, Mm. you know, like 
I, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, I was like, where did my thirties go? I'm already 36. Like, (laughs) like what, what, like what happened, you know? And, and I'm just like, is it going to keep going this fast? It's going to go faster. And all of a sudden I'm going to be on my deathbed. And what am I going to be, you know, wishing I had done differently or appreciating that I had done, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, like, I mean, I met my, I was 19 and he was 25. So we've been together since I was 19 years old. So basically my whole adult life, I've been with him. Mm. I think uh, a lot of the difference was I was very focused on my career and schooling and growing as a person. And as I grew, I, I you know, I, it's cliche, I know, but like we kind of grew apart. And then I was seeing things from a different area than he was seeing things and he thought everything was fine. And it just wasn't, you know, we could never come back together because I had different goals and different dreams. And I wanted my daughter and my son to see a loving relationship, not just a content relationship. Mm-hmm. the relationship where we you know have jabs at each other all the time but do family trips and pretend like everything's okay I wanted to see them both have happy parents yeah and so you made a bold move you left even though things were it's not like there was no you know abuse or anything it was like a perfectly okay And you made the bold move to leave and to decide that you want to thrive in life. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I was very fortunate that I always set myself up for that. Not willingly, but just from my experience, from my own parents, like separation, I was always taught like not ever to rely on a man. And, you know, we could go to court and we could file petitions for child support and this and that. But at the end of the day, all I want is my, my kids to have a dad. And you support them and I'll support them. And like, it's not really about all, all the legalities that make everything really ugly. You know, I think like one thing that I can say is even though we have, I'm not going to say it was all perfect. We definitely had our fights about different stuff. But I mean, he has stepped up and shown up and he is a dad and he, I mean, I've always been the mom, but like it, it, it works and our kids are, I feel like thriving because of it. They're so much more happier without the tension, without the arguments, without all this, the BS, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's wonderful. So why do you think so many women stay in unfulfilling situations? Um, I think it's because, I think a lot of it is because women historically have been dependent on men and they haven't had enough confidence in themselves to believe that they can be the breadwinner. They can do amazing things and support themselves and support their own without the help of somebody else. Um, our society has taught us that and our society has taught us that when you try to leave a marriage you need to have like definitive proof of cheating or abuse or this and you need to take them for all they have and make sure they pay it becomes all about money I I feel like It, it becomes a very financial situation And then all the feelings get left out. Like, why did you create these awesome souls? Why did you create these babies? Why did you create this home and this house and these memories? And this, you know, you're connected to somebody once you have a kid, whether you want to or not, you're connected with them for life. You know, like, do you really want to just argue for the next 40 years through the grandkids' birthday parties and the grandkids' weddings and this and that? And it's hard. I'm not saying it was easy. Mm-hmm. It, I may come out like, like it was easy, but I, I'm a very good communicator about my feelings. And like, even my ex will tell you, like, 
I always want to talk about my feelings. He never wants to talk about his. <laughs> but he always appreciates me talking about mine because it gives us at least a roadmap of where we need to go and where I think we need to go. Even if he doesn't want to go there, at least he knows like my perspective. I always put my two cents in. I can't really shut my mouth when I feel passionate about something. You know, but it like, you know, separating was not um, a thing we went into lightly. You know, we did try for two years. Neither one of us, you know, went into marriage wanting this. Mm-hmm. You know, we chose to have both of our kids. We planned to have both of our kids. It, we were supposed to be together forever. And it's just like, we, we, we're different people now than we were at 19 and 25. Mm-hmm. I finally kind of, or at least I have, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has too. We've come to acceptance that like, we're not those people and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, our kids can be fine. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm so happy for you that it worked out so well. And I, I'm so happy that you're sharing it with everyone who's listening because a lot of people, don't hear that possibility, right? All you hear are the horror stories. And if that's all you hear, then the decision can be so much more terrifying than it needs to be. And don't get me wrong, it's not a walk in the park. And depending on your situation, you know, like I'm, I'm sure you'll agree that for some people, it's not like they can do it, you know, depending on their partner, they may try to have this peaceful, it, it may not even be an option, but without ever hearing of an alternative, it's just like, I want to share the stories of things that worked out well. So people don't always have to be terrified. Well, and I think like we, you know, we knew we were in trouble two years before almost three years before we separated because COVID happened. Mm-hmm. We're constantly talking about it. What does it look like if we separate? How are we, how does this work? How can we make it work? So we were like constantly like trying to make it work, but then like trying to figure out what it looked like if it didn't work. Like we were constantly, anytime the kids were asleep or in the house and we were outside, we would, you know, we would rehash it and we would talk about it. And sometimes that would end in anger. And sometimes that would end in, okay, like we can do this, you know? And then sometimes it was like, we don't know what the hell the future looks like, but we got, we know we're both good parents to our kids. We're going to make sure the kids are happy, you know? So we were, I don't know. We kind of had like that two to three year advance before we separated where we were kind of already separated, but just kind of trying to make it work if it could work, but we kind of, I knew in my heart, it wasn't going to work. I'm pretty sure he did too, you know, and that's why we, we were able to have those conversations. Hmm. And a lot of people, it's just like, you end it and it's done. You know, Hmm. I told him I was done and he said, give me two years. And I gave him two years because I felt like after 16 years, he deserved that. I can see that, (laughs) you know, I I get that completely. Mm -hmm. So you kind of like took that bold action to get yourself in a position where you could thrive, but you're not only thriving in that sense, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have insights on, you know, thriving in a career and why so many women settle for unfulfilling careers. You have insights on why so many women have a disempowered victim mentality on, you know, why so many women allow people to violate their boundaries, um, empowered approaches to dating, which is, oh my God, we have to get to that before this is over. (laughs) But yeah, like, let's talk about that because it's not just in relationships. There's a an issue overall where women often stay stuck. Well, and I think it kind of boils down to women tend to not have their own goals. They tend to have the goals of their partner. Mm. And I always have my own goals. You know, you can ask my ex, like I told, like I knew when I was 16, I was going to get a PhD. He met me at 19. I said, I'm going to get a PhD. Statistically, because I'm a numbers person, never should have happened. But I was like, I'm going to get my PhD by 30. 
this is what I'm going to do. If you're going to be with me, you need to know like what my, my game plan is, what my, you know, life looks like. And I had to adapt that. I did have to adapt that with him because I'd never thought about, I was going to be single and never have children or any of that. But then, you know, you fall in love and you, your, your partnership and you adapt your plans. So I did not get my PhD by 30. I got it by 31. <laughs> but I always had my background goals. I love our goals together, like buy a house you know, buy a car, get some dogs, get, you know, you know, like travel, do these things. I always had my own goals. And I think um, a lot of women lose their individuality or maybe they never even knew who they were as an individual before getting into a relationship. And they, they mesh and they mold into their partner. Hmm. And I just, I just never did that. I always put it straight out in line. Like, this is who I am. This is what I plan to do. This is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I used to have a bumper sticker on like four or five cars ago. They said, say, I won't like, say, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. Say Cause I'm going to do it, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think a lot of people go into relationships, not knowing exactly what they want or who they are in life in general. And they just like mold into their partner and that's who they become. And so when they leave their partner or their partner leaves them, they don't really know who they are, what they want or anything. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and so if someone finds themselves in that situation already, you know, let's say they're 35 and they're like, oh my God, I am totally in this unfulfilling career and I don't have my own goals. Do you have mm -hmm. advice for them on how to start exploring who they are separate from their partner? Usually what I tell um, clients is think back to your 14 year old self. Think back when you had no money, no car, no real freedoms. The green light to 18 is so far away. <laughs> you, you, you feel like an adult but you're not and you're still treated like a child like what did you do during the long summers or long Christmas breaks that brought you joy what hobbies what crafts what video games what books what did you really enjoy what were your like interests was it you know, um, rocks or hiking or riding bikes or this or that. So I feel like everybody gets something out of something that brings them joy, but like we stop giving ourselves joy the older we get because all this adulting stuff <laughs> comes in and we're like, oh, I can't do that. That takes time. I'm not getting money out of that. I can't do that. That takes time. I'm not getting any like compensation yeah. out of that. I'd rather take a nap. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather take a nap. And then if I'm going to be up, I'm going to like be trying to do something quote unquote productive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like what, it, what was it that you enjoy? And then like kind of explore that a little bit because everybody can make money out of something they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. It can be gardening, canning jelly, making soaps, you know, uh, hiking for a cause like all sorts of things but like where is your your passion your joy and then you just build on on it if that makes sense mm -hmm. 100% but so we forget about this when we become adults because we're like oh your job is to be a wife and a parent and a worker and this and that and pay your bills and da da da, da. and we like start eliminating everything that doesn't make sense to anybody, but that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, how often do you think, huh, what would bring me joy today? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I try to ask myself that question sometimes. And usually it's, if nothing goes wrong today, and I'm, <laughs> that's really sad. <laughs> Nobody cries. If there's no thing. Yeah. If nothing goes wrong today, if everything gets done on my to-do list and nothing goes wrong, that brings me joy. And I'm like, huh? I mean, I went back, I, went, I used to sew when I was a kid 
And I went back to cro like crocheting and like now I make like blanket, like I uh, quilt blankets, t-shirt blankets for friends out of important blanket, like shirts that they had. Because I used to love to sew. I used to sew all the time because what else are you going to do when you're 14 or 15 and you don't have a job, you don't have a car, you don't have any money to do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, like, but I really enjoy it. Like I look forward to when I am off work and can sit on my couch and crochet or sew something. That's awesome. But like I went probably 20 years without doing that because I was supposed to be an adult and work mm -hmm. and save money and pay taxes and make sure I had car insurance, <laughs> you know, like all these adulting things that don't really bring us joy, but we have to do them. Yeah. I mean, I got into this. <laughs> Right. This, this writing or, um, you know, I had, a, I had a client one time that was like, he was, you know, I, I was seeing him for grief and he's like, I really miss playing video games. I was like, well, why don't you play video games anymore? He's like, cause I'm 37. I was like, again, why, why aren't you playing video games? Like, that's a great escape of reality. Like that's a great coping skill strategy get your mind off all the stuff you can't control he just needed permission to play video games again you know like and, and he didn't play them excessively you know it's like set your timer for an hour play video games an hour a night you have a really stressful job you have kids you know you're grieving mm -hmm. check out learn how to check out yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's so true so moving to victim mentality, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, there was a conversation. I, I, I put a post up and it started a conversation in a Facebook group um, for divorced parents about um, taking responsibility for your side in things not working out. And I was basically saying, I'm like, look, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but what helped me to feel empowered was taking responsibility for the fact that I stayed in a, in a situation that wasn't working. Mm -hmm. so, um, and I expected to be blasted for that. I saw that post. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I expected to be blasted and surprisingly only two people out of I don't know how many responded, but so many people seemed to agree that that approach felt empowering um, mm -hmm. as opposed to the a, a gentler approach, as it may seem, which is it's not your fault. They manipulated you. They use all these strategies, you know, like or whatever it is, like someone was talking about, like, you know, all of the things that somebody can do in a relationship to you. Mm -hmm. and they don't blame the victim. I'm like, I'm, I'm not blaming myself. It's not a blame game. There's a difference, you know? I mean, and I'll tell people, you know, they'll say, is there anything you wish you would have done different? And I'll say, I wish I would have left sooner when I originally wanted to. But I will like continue that conversation. And I'll, I will say to them, whoever asked me this, I'm glad I didn't because I can raise my children and go, go to bed at night knowing I did everything possible to try to keep my family intact. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it would have been easier. Yes. To just leave then, but then I probably would have always had the questions like, well, what if we could have made it? What if I would have just talked to him, mm -hmm. told him like where I wasn't happy at and where, you know, where our marriage wasn't working and things like that. So I don't regret it because now like my kids, they, they were old enough to know that we were unhappy and they were, they remember us being unhappy and they will say things like, Oh, do you remember when you used to live with daddy and this would happen or, you know, da, 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 and this vacation. And it's nothing like horrible or like, you know, bad, but like, they're really happy. Their dad's happy and they're really happy. I'm happy. And they're really happy to have two happy homes 
and you can have two happy homes. hundred percent. You know, but like, I mean, I, I get like, I, I was wondering, I, I was reading the comments on your post that you had, cause I was wondering how people would react to it too. But, you know, I went into marriage, not wanting to be a statistic cause I'm from a divorce marriage. And I mean, it's, it screwed me up. It screwed me and my sister up. And like, that's probably the reason like we're counselors, you know, cause we had to like, we want to help people that are doing that. But like, I feel if I, I don't know that I did everything the right way, but I do know I was open and honest about my feelings and gave it time to make sure a hundred percent it was not going to work out. And I think that's what a lot of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, mothers need to know is like, you can't just leave at a drop of a hat. You know, you can't just say, get out. You, you've invested time and women are investors. We invest in things <laughs> and we want to make those things work out. And once you know 100% they don't work out, it's a lot easier leaving and going on your own path then saying, oh gosh, maybe I didn't give enough time. Maybe, you know, we could have worked it out. Maybe, you know, um, maybe if I just tried a little harder, maybe I missed something. Yeah. Right. And maybe, you know, like the family and the naysayers and the friends that are your like couple friends or whatever, like they can't really say you didn't try. Yeah. You did. So Here's a, here's a question, I guess, that's a little more for the, the counselor side of you, but mm-hmm. when is it helpful for somebody to acknowledge that they were a victim versus when is it, and I mean, you can do both at the same time, but I guess when is it more helpful or when does somebody need to acknowledge that, you know, hey, that wasn't my fault, I was a victim versus mm-hmm. when is it helpful for somebody to recognize you know, even if they were a victim, hey, this was my role in it and I take responsibility. Um, I think it's hard to answer that question because I think a lot of people who feel victimized take a lot of the blame and they take a lot of the guilt. But it takes two people to have a relationship. And they need to know what they need to be accountable for. They need to know what their, their role was in it, what their part was in it. And to, um, I always tell people like not like, as with my clients, I tell people like, don't talk to your family or friends about this until you're sure. Figure out where you are because your family and friends will never get the sour taste out of their mouth. Your family and friends are never gonna not like your partner because you've told them all these bad things and what they're doing to you. And you've got to realize, are these like, are these, I mean, I hate to use the buzzword right now in counseling, like, are these narcissistic traits? You know, are they manipulating you? Are they doing all these things? But sometimes they're like just allowing them to do them. And sometimes people like to be the victim, makes them look better. You know, women can be narcissists too, you know, I mean, I don't know. I can, I can play both sides, but I I like try to tell them not to talk about, like talk to their closest people ever about it until they're sure where they are in their head. Um, Because they're never going to look through their partner again. And if there's any like way to reconcile with that partner, you don't want to put that sourness in their head about that person. Mm-hmm. Cause you're supposed to be go, you're, you're supposed to go at bat for your partner. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if that answered your question or not. It's. Yeah, it's a complicated one. I don't think there's a one clear answer. But I think what a lot of, 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 I will say what I think, I feel like a lot of women do is they will tell their family, their best friends, their coworkers, oh, my, my partners treat me like crap. They're doing this, da, 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 da. 
and they make up and everything's great. And there's tension between their relationships with their outer circle and their partner. Mm. You know, I never said anything like um, the only person I said anything to was my sister because I'm really close to my sister. And when I decided um, two years before we actually separated that I was done, like I told my sister, I told her all the reasons why, because like my sister's like my backbone. She, she knows me the most, (laughs) you know, we grew up together and she will call me out on my shit, you know? And she's like, well, as long as you're happy. And she's like, have you told anybody else? Like, no, I'm not planning to, like, he told me to give him two years. I'm going to give him two years. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like I faked it. Like we did have a lot of good times together. It's just, we're not meant to be. It wasn't what you wanted. No. And at the end of the day, it's not what he wanted. We were just making it work. You know, after, you know, 18 years together, you just think, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. And then something in my brain, I get probably working with geriatrics. I'll tell you the truth. I'm just like, this is not. Being content is not what I want in life. You know, I want to thrive. I want to feel alive. I want to feel so loved that it's nauseating. (laughs) You know, like, I just, (laughs) I don't want to be like my grandparents that just are so used to each other after 50 or 60 years where they just know how to tit for tat, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I definitely want to get to how to have an empowered approach to dating. <laughs> I went on a rant about this on social media this week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one. I, I was. That, it was it the step four, like the four things. Oh yeah, yeah. Common sense dating for reasons. Yes, yes. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> Let's face it. Like. You know, everyone's out there complaining about the dating pool and complaining about how miserable it is to date. And then you hear them say the most toxic effed up things. And I'm just like, oh, this is why dating sucks. You're you're making it suck. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So first of all, if you feel comfortable revealing, um, have you started dating since your marriage ended? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I started dating. Um, I reconnected with a guy that I knew before I met my ex that, um, has known me since 16 and we've been friends since, I don't know, 17 or 18. And, um, it's funny. He was going through the same thing I was going through, you know, separated from his ex, you know, had two kids, I had two kids and my, he's actually my sister's friend. And my sister's like, you need to go see him while you're up, you know, in town. And I made it a point to see him and we just like totally reconnected, always had a great time together. So I've never really like dated, if that makes sense. Like I've never been on like a dating app or went on like random dates. I've never, I've always been very monogamous. I've never been like a dater. But it just clicked with him because we've known each other for so many years and we've been friends and I knew he wasn't going to ever hurt me. And he knew how much I was hurting and I knew how much he was hurting. We waited a long time and we waited till, you know, my uh, legal separation was in place to ever do anything. And we're going to wait a long time again because our kids are young and we don't our kids are our priority. And this is going to be hard for a lot of people to understand. And I get that, but, um, we're not going to live together or be, you know, like we see each other when we don't have our kids. And like a lot of times he has his youngest because the mom, um, flakes out. So I'm around his kid a lot, but he's hardly ever around my kids. They know know of him but like we're not going to be moving in together getting married we got like a 10-year time frame because then by then our kids will be almost of age and we just want to make sure our kids um have the best childhood and the best parenting possible 
And I don't know that I can do that with another person mm. in the mix. And he doesn't either. Mm-hmm. And like, just because our marriages didn't work doesn't mean like our kids experiences shouldn't work. Mm-hmm. We'll still probably do experiences with the kids, go bowling, go, you know, to the water park, things like that. But like, it's not ever like a stay overnight thing or different things like that. So it's just, it's just different. I think my situation is very different because I don't know that a lot of people could find that because I didn't really like seek that out. It was just like an old friendship rekindling and mm-hmm. it, the, the comfortability was already there. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's great because you know what you want, you mm-hmm. know, you knew what your boundaries were, what you wanted for your family. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing what's supposed to be done, you ended up finding someone else who wanted something compatible, which is the best way for it to be really. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. we all like look deep inside and thought about what we really wanted and we're honest about that, instead of trying to conform to what we think we're supposed to do just so that we can get a date or a boyfriend mm-hmm. or a wife or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like, then you could find someone whose desires completely um complement your own Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of being miserable together or instead of it just being eh, you know well I think it's like we you know we talked for so many months before we ever got together and you know I was very clear like my kids are first and I don't want them to have a stepdad I don't want them to have somebody living with us or change their routine. I like my one-on-one time with my kids. And this is all I can give you. If this isn't enough, if you, you know, seeing you every two weeks isn't enough, like that's fine. Just like, let me know. But putting it all out there at the beginning helps a lot. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. You know, and, and your attitude towards it too, you know, you weren't like, how could he not understand if I, Mm -hmm. it was just like, Hey, this is what's right for me and my family. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is what I can give. And this is what I want. And if, if that's not what you want, and if that's not right for you, then Mm -hmm. I support you finding the right person for you. And I'm not that person. Exactly. And there's no hard feelings. It's just, we don't work. (laughs) You know, know, exactly. No hard feelings and even like support towards the person. Like, I really want you to find that person, you know, Mm -hmm. who will hang out with you every single day or whatever they want. You know, it's like, oh God, I wish the whole dating world, you know, I have to say, I, and like, this is just my experience from my little corner of the world, but I feel like you know, younger, like the people in their twenties now are so much better at this. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. Like we, we were raised and like, I mean, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you guys have been together for like over a year. What's going on? I'm like, nothing's going on. Same stuff's going on. Like we see each other every two weeks, like once or twice a year, we'll do like a three day vacation or something on our birthdays. Like it's fine. You know, and like we can call each other and like my kids are acting up or his kid is acting up because he's got one that's an adult. And he's like, I gotta let you go. Or I'm like, I gotta let you go. I've got to handle this. I'm not like mean texting him, like, why did you let me go? And he's not mean texting me, like, oh, you don't have time for me. You know, it's more like, I totally understand. Call me if you're free. If not, good night. Love you. Like, you know. Yeah. that's what I need I don't need I I can't be high like I can't have a high maintenance person (laughs) my favorite is like chatting on a dating app with someone like I've never met and it's like well I'm available um let's see my son's with his dad every other week I'm available um the next time is on this date oh well can't you just get a babysitter (laughs) okay well I only date when my son's with his dad and then if I get to know someone and I feel like I want to bring them into my life then maybe you know you can come by and we'll have family time you know not even family Mm -hmm. family not family time no I mean family friendly you can come over as a friend 
and we'll do family friendly activities every right. while because I'm not going to let my kid get attached to someone until I know it's going to last. Right. And that's just me. I'm like, I'm not saying everyone should do what I do. This is just, but like, you know, oh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, like, how can you expect to date anyone if you're not going to make them a priority? I'm sorry. You think the person I have <laughs> for all I know, <laughs> you're a completely different person from who you say you are, but I'm supposed to make you a priority over my kid. I've are known you, you five seconds. How are you a priority? <laughs> just sort of like blows my, blows my mind. But you know, it's like, it's like boundaries. Like there are certain things like, you know, like I, I completely think that if anyone wants to send whatever pictures they want to send, I support them. Mm. There are certain types of pictures I do not send. And it weeds people out. Like I find out really quick if someone can't handle boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no, um, if I wouldn't let you see me that way in person, I don't feel comfortable sending a picture that way. And I don't say a rude way. I don't get offended. I'm just like, you know, for me, it's just, you know, like, like, no, it's totally fine that you ask, but for me, I just feel uncomfortable. It's like, you know, if I wouldn't dress like that in person when I, at this point, like I don't feel comfortable sending a picture, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's. Then you get these things like, oh, you're being uptight. You're, uh, you know, like close it. You're being guarded. You're closing yourself off. And it's like, no, I'm setting a healthy boundary, which is for me. And that's why like my best advice for anybody is lay all your cards out mm-hmm. beginning. And if they don't play along, you can stop it at the first, second, third hand. Because mm-hmm. I told you this, I told you, this is what I'm going to do. I told you, this is what I had planned. This should not be a shocker, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it always cracks me cracks me up the women that put their like their partnership over their kids because I'm like I don't know I grew my kids I grew them they're me they're always going to be number one Mm -hmm. and like the guy that I'm with that's what we both have in in common it's like they're not like I I don't I hope I'm not his number one I shouldn't be his number one his kids should be and they are, and my kids are my number one. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, and just respect that and respect like what we're trying to do as far as like trying to raise healthy kids is see healthy relationships and how important they were because you only get your kids for 18 years, sometimes longer, but like, I mean, they're adults at 18 years and they're going to remember the time that you spent with them by yourself one-on-one and what you did with them and how you prioritize them. Yeah. And if somebody wants someone who puts them first, and I know people who have that philosophy, like, you mm-hmm. know, you guys are the bedrock, you as the couple are the bedrock, and that has to be solid for the kids to have a good, okay, what, like, I can respect other, you know, a hundred percent, but then you're not compatible. Like that's yeah. it, you know, like I support, like, I really hope you find somebody who thinks like you and who will put you first. You, you deserve that. Yeah. I'm not that person. Like- I'm not that person. It doesn't work for me and it's never going to work for me because my kids are always going to be number one, mm-hmm. and, you know, to each their own. And I know a lot of blended families that have made it work beautifully, but more often than not, it doesn't. You know, and so I think it's just very important to be open and honest, even though it's hard. I think it's hard for a lot of women to be honest because we're taught in a society to be submissive, to be quiet, not speak your opinion, just go with the flow. And I've never conformed to that ideology. I've never conformed to that. I've just always said, like, this is this is what I expect and this is what I'm going to do. Like, are you cool with it? Yeah. And, you know, People can be cool with it and then they cannot be and they can change their opinion later. But then I'm like, okay, well, I'm checking out because I told you. Yeah. I was going to do. A hundred percent. And, you know, I have to say, I really think, you know, like the younger generation of women right now are so much better at this. There's just a, like a, a consciousness about this right now. And I mean, the amount of people who, you know, I feel like it's usually not always, but usually the younger ones who will say, you know, in a very like neutral tone, like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I want, like very explicitly and clearly. Oh, what about you? And like, if it doesn't match up, just be like, oh, cool. Like, I really wish you the best. And it's beautiful. And Mm -hmm. 
we need to infect society like that needs to infect like the older people the next generation it's a it's a beautiful thing (laughs) well absolutely like even my daughter you know she's like she said something the other day I can't remember like her exact wording but she was like hey mommy you know like can I have a baby without a husband (laughs) I was like well yeah like families come in different shapes and sizes she's like because I don't know if I want to be married but like, I would like a kid and I was like, you can do whatever you want to. Like families come in all different ways, you know, like, and some, you know, it's like me and your daddy got married first. And then we decided to try for children. You know, both of you guys were planned. I was like, most of the time it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, me and my sister weren't like that with our parents, you know, like they got pregnant out of wedlock and all this different stuff. You know, I was like, things come and go, but like, you don't have to be in a partnership. If like, if all, if you can't find the one that you're supposed to be with, you can have a child. Yeah. But I think like, because society's become more open-minded to different ways that families look, it, it helps a lot. You know, like my parents were divorced when I was younger and like hardly anybody was divorced, you know? And if you came from a divorced family, you were screwed up, <laughs> you know, like wow. auto- like a lot of you know most people stay together where where I think after like the 2000s maybe divorce got more common that's when you started getting those serial um marriages where people started getting married two or three times you know in a lifetime Hmm. yeah well I really love your approach to living your life on your terms I really love your empowered mindset. And I really love the example you set for other women who maybe are settling in areas of their life and maybe needed permission from somebody to make a bold move. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, I've always believed that you can have it all, Mm -hmm. but you have to sacrifice certain things. And I know that I've sacrificed certain things, but what is The most important thing to me was my career first and foremost before I had children and then my children and then my career and I've been able to do it and is it easy? No, but if you love what you do, it's not work, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just time consuming, Mm -hmm. but I still am able to, you know, be a mom to my parents and be present and be able to pick my schedule. I don't know. It's everybody's situation is different, you know, and I get those ones that are stuck. I mean, I've just always tried to always make enough money where I could leave if I needed to. Yeah. And I'm in no way um, suggesting that anyone who's unhappy in their marriage just up and leave. No, no. Like people need to make that decision for themselves. And there's absolutely there. There can be an argument made for you know, the merits of staying and working through things. And there can be an argument made for the merits of leaving when things aren't working out. And I think a person needs to decide on their own what's right for them. Definitely, definitely would would never imply that, but just being stuck and doing nothing about it, that's probably not where you want to be. (laughs) And life to me is like a stair step. It's like a stairway to heaven per se with platforms and a lot of women, I feel like get stuck on platforms Mm. and there's other steps that you can go up. Like you can go back to school. You can, you know, change your environment. You can, um, find friends and find hobbies. You can get a support system. You can get into shape. You can do a lot of different things. You don't just have to stand on this platform for the next 40 years, just because you got stuck there. Mm-hmm. continue moving up it's just finding that like motivation within yourself saying I, you know I can say I won't like I can do this and I deserve to mm-hmm. this and I deserve to there's nothing wrong with me doing something for myself that's not for my spouse or my parents or my kids there's mm-hmm. no like Absolutely. that I deserve to and I shouldn't feel guilty for doing it or I shouldn't be you know embarrassed if I'm a beginner at something, mm-hmm. 
you know, like that, that mindset. (laughs) Absolutely. Like the more, like the more I do, the more my children and my friends and my family think that they can do because I did it with everything against me because I chose to, you can do anything your mind gets set out to do. And I know that's cliche, but it's true. Like, (laughs) but I mean, if you say that to your kids and you don't do it yourself, they're Mm -hmm. less likely to actually do it. Absolutely. I, I think all the time, I'm like, what do I want? How do I want my son to live? What do I want in my son's life? I have to do that because first of all, I'm setting an example for him, but not only that, you know, as he's going through life, wouldn't it be great for him to have someone who could actually give quality advice on how to, you know, Mm. maximize their life on how to thrive on how to reach their goals, you know? Mm. And if I don't do it myself, then I can cheer him on, but I can't provide the same support as if I've been there and made it work myself. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's very important for us to be like the example for our kids and not that we're going to do everything right and not that um, we're going to do things like we're definitely going to do things wrong, but it's also like owning up like I'm doing this wrong and I don't want you to do this. I want you to learn from this and learn what not to do. And, you know, but this is what I learned from this and this is how I'm doing it. If you're a holistic practitioner or coach and want to get more exposure for your business online, globally and locally, join the Holistic Network and Holistic Therapies Directory, the best holistic network and community worldwide. Get massive exposure as a holistic professional. Join our premium community. Learn how to become the authority in your niche and reach new potential clients within the Holistic Network. Join now at holisticnetwork.online. Holisticnetwork.online. I'm very proud of like my kid's dad because he's lost a tremendous amount of weight. He's like super gym oriented. And, you know, he was diagnosed like pre-diabetic and... I was very concerned about it, you know, and made him go to the doctor and he went and, you know, he, now he's off metformin. He's lost a lot of weight, you know, he's, cause he realized like, I want to be there for my kids, be healthy. And so, you know, and I, I do that like career wise. It's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. <laughs> I want to write a book. I want to do all these different things, even though I've accomplished more than a lot of people. And I recognize that, but like, I can't be stagnant. If you're stagnant, then what are you teaching your kids? You're teaching your kids to be, to settle. hundred percent. Or even if they decide that's not what they want to do, that's going to be what they know how to do because that's what they watch their primary caregivers do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here. And I'm so glad you mentioned writing a book because um, for everyone who's listening, Ashley and I are working with a group of amazingly empowered single parents to write mm-hmm a handbook for single parents where we're going to be working with experts, most of whom are single parents themselves to put together resources. uh, Like I said, a handbook, an advice gatherings. We have a Facebook group, look up land of the lone parent um, with advice specifically designed for the circumstances. A lot of single parents find them in, and we're really making it our mission to include as broad a spectrum of those experiences as possible. And so, um, you know, definitely like you, you guys by now probably know where to find me at super busy mommy coach on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> or super busy mommy you know, follow, you know, sign up for the newsletters. I'll be posting updates. Um, and Ashley, where can everyone find you? <laughs> I'm so like not public because I'm a licensed <laughs> so, um, phone number. If you if they're like, oh my god, I want to work with this amazing counselor. Um, you can go to Ashley Barrios, A S H L E Y B E R R I O S at Outlook.com. <laughs> <laughs> at Outlook. <laughs> Look, you have to understand, I work with like SMIs, like severely mentally ill and like, they will hunt you down. They will find you and uh, like, but you can always send, send me an email. I'm, I'm old school like that. Um, I have no Snapchat. I have a Twitter that I only follow for family. I have Facebook, but I keep it very low key. So just, and, and you can get a, um, I think it's 
frameworkforyou.com. You can look up Framework Counseling um, in Florence, Alabama and go to the website. So Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here. Really appreciate yeah, Thanks that. for having me. I feel horrible. Like I'm not, I don't have all these like handles. And <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to. It's just however people can reach you is how they reach you, right? <laughs> right answer. It's about boundaries and what you can offer. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. There you go. And the, the people who are the right fit will totally email you. <laughs> appreciate you so that. Appreciate and thank you everyone for listening to the Badass Moms podcast brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. We'll see See you next time. <laughs> You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.